for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Huda, and welcome back to Kenosha Chronicles podcast. I'm your host as always, Brendan Ertle. Today, we're going to be talking about the Saints win on Sunday. The Saints beat the Washington football team 33-22 in their building. We walked in their trap. We took over their trap. Uh, how are you guys doing on this uh, great victory Monday? Man, it is so fucking great to be approaching a bye week. <laughs> to finally make it to the bye week, man. That's, Amen. That's how I feel. That's awesome. I'm just happy about the bye week. Mm-hmm. At, at this point in the season, this bye week feels like a vacation for the guys, and it feels like a vacation for us. <laughs> like, oh, like 100%. They, they get physically healthy, we get mentally healthy. It's a win-win. <laughs> I was saying before, uh, when I was thinking about doing this podcast, doing my notes, it's like we're in week five or six. I don't even remember. But every podcast, it's like it's getting tiring because it's the same story every single week. Mm-hmm. Offense kind of sucks. It's it's not no r- rhythm. Defense is really good. Bend but not break. It's just the same story every week. And I think it's this will be the last week we kind of have to to BS it like this. But uh, I, the difference from this week and last week is they were almost in the exact same situation, up eleven late in the game. But this time they did everything right. They finished. Sean Payton was really strong in his play calls. They went for on fourth and inches. Uh, I was like, do not punt them the football, but uh, did perfectly. What what they didn't do last week was finish. And I thought they did a great job of doing that. No, I mean, I, I, I totally with you, man. I mean, everybody talked about it, um, you know, from, from Marshawn and well post game to Marshawn to Alvin, um, you know, Jameis, you know, there was, it was mentioned multiple times about uh, them learning, from last week and not even I think uh, someone even asked Marshawn what you know was like later on in the game was it something that you guys talked about he was like no he was like no like you know we already we already knew what we uh, left on the table last week and what we needed to come out to do um, against Washington and I mean look man they took care of business everything wasn't pretty uh, you, you, you know you you left with you left with more injuries right um, you know so I mean just adds to the significance of this bye week upcoming but the end of the day, man, you know, when it was time to make plays, when they needed, when their back was against the wall, anytime it felt like Washington, outside of them, um, you know, taking the lead, I believe it was either, I think in the second quarter, um, outside of them taking the lead, you know, every time it felt like Washington may have had a chance to kind of sneak back in or make a couple big plays, the Saints responded, whether it was from special teams, whether it was a defensive play, or it was a big play by the offense. Yeah, everybody stepped up. I, I think the whole team kind of stepped up and, you know, Jameis even credit to Jameis, of course, but he had a great game for T four TDs, 
just that one interception where Pete was essentially going to give him a compound fracture in his leg uh, by rolling over on him. But uh, he even said it after the game, you know, from everybody from his receivers to the punt team, he said it was just a great showing all around. You know, there were some holes, there were some errors, but that's a big bounce back win. And, you know, headed into a bye week, they needed that more than I think um, a lot of people are going to give them credit for. I know all of us uh, are kind of ready for this bye week. We're ready to see you guys, uh, including our top two wide receivers, come back into the actual game, uh, which is just insane. Jameis has been this good with that ratio uh, and hasn't had Michael Thomas, hasn't had uh, Traquan Smith. You know, he's been throwing to Marquez Callaway and guys we pulled off of the street, uh, you know, essentially with uh, Alvin Kamara being all fitness team a couple weeks ago, just running and not really getting the, any passes. It's essentially who he's been throwing to like, and credit to them. They've held down the ship and credit to the defense. They have really been the ones uh, that have been exquisite and uh, allowed them to really thrive in what they want to do on offense. Yeah. Offensively, it really wasn't a, all that pretty in terms of just rhythm. I talked about it earlier, just, I, I want to see a rhythm because that's what we had with Drew Brees was just this beautiful rhythm. But you, you're not going to have that without all the, with all these injuries. And coming into their game, their top, uh, their leading receiver is Deontay Harris, and he plays two snaps, gets a touchdown, and on a kick return he pulls a hammy. And I really hope he's okay. But you had your top, quote unquote, top wide receiver for two plays of that football game. Um, he was quoted with having ran two routes. So you automatically you're, you're pulling in guys who you didn't really expect to play a ton. Uh, Chris Hogan came in for a few plays, but uh, yeah, the offense was, I, I thought it was pretty good for their circumstances. I mean, Chris talked about it a little bit on Twitter. I saw that uh, Washington was daring them to pass the football and that was kind of their um, kind of what they came out and did. They they're running four or five man fronts and said, you're not going to run the football on us. And Jameis hasn't really had an opportunity just to stand out there and uh, run empty and just let it sling. And I thought he did a pretty good job of that with, with the people he had out there. Um, talking about Andrews Pete, uh, I saw today that Sean Payton was getting really on him. I was wondering what he was saying, and he was wearing the wrong cleats. And I mean, we've all heard Sean Payton chew out some some dudes from wearing the wrong cleats. So, uh, of course, it's Andrews Pete, and those two mistakes by Jameis. I mean, I'm not going to dismiss him, but yeah, he did get his ankles snapped in half by a 300 pound man, and the fumble. I mean, we saw it all off season. He worked on that, and it's just a good football play by Chase Young. I mean. Obviously, you want him to get down with that, but that's not what Jameis is going to do. He's going to try and get out of that pocket. Um, but a stat I just saw that the Saints posted that is really a big um, reason why they've been playing so well, and it, they, they could be 4-1. Uh, the Saints are number one in the NFL in red zone uh, offensively. Uh, they have 14 possessions in the red zone, 13 touchdowns. Defensively, they're first uh, in the red zone. There's 14 possessions on them, only five touchdowns allowed. And um, I, I, everyone's going to talk about Marshawn Lattimore today, but uh, he, yes, he had a great game. But I thought Paul Sandibo did really, really good as well. I just that whole defense was phenomenal, in my opinion, for being on the field for thirty freaking minutes. I mean, look when you're when you're undermanned, when you're missing as many key players as as the Saints have you know have uh, have been without since the beginning of the year. Like you, you have to play a good situational football. You can't consistently shoot yourself in the foot because you only have so many um, weapons or things to go to to be able to overcome that against solid and in some cases mediocre football teams as we saw last week um you know but yeah man I mean I and 
Marshawn talked about it, talked about uh, their approach in the red zone as well. Like, hey, man, three, not seven. I mean, that's just that's that's the method that they go by. And we've seen them do this, you know, like all year. You know, going back to the Giants game, Giants, Giants come down. They almost get an interception or Marshawn almost has a pick. Same same side of the field uh, this week, same type of situation. They end up getting three, not seven, you know, not seven. And a near pick by Marshawn, and, and I mean, and it happened, you know, uh, you know, another play as well, where you know Heineke throws a he throws a terrible pass or just not a good decision on the on the throw to uh, Adebo, but uh, they just they they've made they're making timely plays in situations in which they can't afford, unfortunately, not to right. Um, and you know, I will say in this game, one of the things that I like, and we spoke about the front, but man, like I. Looking back at, I know, you know, Deontay only played two snaps, but you have to really, really, really either A, believe in your defensive line, B, not trust your secondary, or C, just not just not respect the offense you're going against. If you're coming out in 4-4 four, four looks or 5-2 looks with, you know, five linemen on the field and the Saints are out in three wide, three wide receiver sets, or you know, like, at least if you're if you're the football team, you know that Deontay Harris is on the field and he's faster than any safety that you have out there. You know James can throw the football, and you're gonna bring and and your safeties are up, you know, um, you know, almost to where you know you damn near have ten people in the box. I it was so disrespectful to see that, and I'm glad that you know I mean uh, you know James said he knew right away by the depth that the safeties had that he had Deontay on that long pass, but. I remember Sean was asked, and that was one reason he, he ended up mentioning the five-man fronts because he was asked in regards to why they why they were more um, aggressive with throwing the football this week versus you know in past weeks they've been running the football. They've been, but it was all because of the fronts. They made adjustments early, and th- and that's what the team has done. They continue to make adjustments. Take some goals out. That's a big part of your red zone package and short you know short yardage back. You make adjustments and you find a way to make it happen. You run back to back quarterback sneaks. Um, you know, in a situation that may have been a handoff. You lose a wide receiver, you know, in, in Deontay. Marquez Callaway comes in and he becomes the, you know, he, he steps up and makes a lot of big plays down the stretch. They just find ways, man, to no, no, no matter who gets hurt, no matter what the situation is, they don't make excuses. And nine times out of 10, they're going to pull it out. And I, you know, I mean, you know, you can just only imagine, and we talked about it when the season started, for a team that we, wondered about from a depth perspective that was supposed to be this team was supposed to be gutted due due to the salary cap right and there were a bunch of questions after after the draft at certain positions well now those questions may not you know they may not be really available as a lot of these guys come back healthier um you know I'm just happy that they were able to get through it and persevere for another win in which you guys were right about the needing it and um I just can't speak enough to how important this bye week is and happy that we finally made it. I think one thing like that, and you said it, Chris, like the, the sheer disrespect of how they lined up against specifically those two guys, you just nail on the head. I, I just was surprised when I saw that Ron Rivera, a coach that I, I have a lot of respect for in the game. And obviously as we most or all do outside of the game as just a, a good dude, a real, like a coach that I'd like to play for, you know, kind of one of those things. Um, and the situation that he's dealt with there in Washington, but from team culture and team logo to, you know, player personnel coming into that situation, not a lot of coaches would be able to handle it as well as he did. And, you know, they, 
they're kind of struggling. You know, they have a lot of guys out, Taylor Heineke, um, obviously a former XFL St. Louis Battlehawk playing quarterback for him uh, and, you know, doing a respectable job. Like you said, some, some mental slips, but I just, I almost, I was aghast that Ron Rivera let his team line up like that. Uh, I, I really respect this Washington defensive line, but honestly, even with the injuries, our offensive line is a top tier, maybe the best offensive line in the game. It was just such a, a weird thing to watch that lineup. And, and after the play happened, it's kind of like Ron Rivera on the sidelines, just like, I don't know how I let that one go. Kind of, it, it was just odd, but yeah, uh, it was just one of those games that we either thought it was going to be a really weird Washington, New Orleans game. And most Saints fans know exactly what I'm talking about. You know, the last couple of years have just been crazy back and forth. Great football games, uh, very fun to watch, but also gave at least 30 Saints fans heart attacks along the way. Uh, but this game was almost more, it felt in control other than in a few moments. Uh, and I think that does speak once again, like Chris says, to the depth of this team Yeah, from freaking Pete Warner coming out uh, and just absolutely bossing the place around Paulson and Ebo. It, it's been very, it's been good. It's been really good. Uh, and that is probably one of the most encouraging ways to go into a bye week where I don't know. It's 10 plus injuries, right? I mean, it's, it seems like it's half the roster, but uh, to be one game behind the Buccaneers with the way they're playing and the way Carolina's playing and to be tied with Carolina, uh, knowing that you've played the Packers as well and gotten them out of the way uh, before they started to kind of find their own footing. Uh, you got to like where you're at. You have to. Uh, the thing I was going to say was James Hurst was actually the highest graded offensive lineman in that game. And I, which is, which was surprising to me at first. And uh, I went back and watched and I thought Ryan Ramchek played really good as well. I mean, Chase Young had that one strip sack, but besides that, he did a really good job containing Chase Young uh, overall. But the thing that was really missing in that game, and I, I think was the reason why Ron Rivera was just testing Jameis was, I mean, you haven't seen it from the Saints. Those five, 10, 15 yard chunk plays haven't been there. And when you add a guy like Michael freaking Thomas, that's going to fix it immediately. The whole offense is going to work better. It's either – Drew Brees talked about it on Sunday Night Football again. It's either uh, a little inconsistent offensively or there's these huge plays. Now, we know they have the huge plays. Now, can they get the chunk plays? And you bring Michael Thomas in. You bring Troy Cohen Smith in. You bring back Nick Vanette. Um, and then the, the, the Redskins – excuse my language – the Washington football team couldn't just center around Alvin Kamara. I mean, that was their game plan. Just – beat us with anyone else besides Kamara. And I thought he still did a really good job uh, offensively, but you could bring back Michael Thomas and that's going to totally change. And Marcus Callaway, I mean, I just want to talk about this Hail Mary real quick. And I, I don't know what they were doing. Uh, I saw Landon Collins quote after the game said they weren't ready for the Hail Mary, which was just completely stupid to me because you have a Saints kicker in Cody Parkey, who I, I'm pretty sure that any of us could have kicked a PAT I just honestly, you go out, you go out back and you kick a PAT, you might hit one or two. He was just awful. So you're not playing for a field goal in that situation. So it would have been a deep field goal. Sean Payton said his idea was two Hail Marys, but I mean, Marquez Calloway wanted it and he went and got it. And I think, uh, I think it was, this was going to be his breakout game. And moving forward, when you bring back Mike and Traquan, uh, I think Calloway is going to get better and better and he's going to have some really favorable matchups uh, coming up. I, I mean, it's going to, it's going to open Mike guys like Mike just open things up for everybody, man. And I mean, and when you think about it, right, like now, you know, you have a proven deep threat in Deontay Harris that you have multiple games on film 
um, with him running these double moves and these and these post patterns, um, in which you're going to have to respect and account for um, on one end. You know what Michael Thomas is going to do underneath um, and with his ability to run pretty much every route in the book. But, I mean, there's also, a, a, you know, a uh, another question involved in regards to Mike that, you know, we talk about what he's done underneath, but how much is, or what we might have to ask ourselves is, how much is what you've seen him do, um, you know, uh, those those five, 10, 15 yard, yard radiuses, how much does that have to do with the fact that you had to cater, um, you had to cater his routes and, 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 and their game plans around what Drew could and couldn't do over the past few years? Well, now you have somebody and Jameis, who can get the ball further down the field. We know Mike, um, even if he's not a speedster, um, you know, he is a guy who we have seen make plays down the field, whether people want to uh, put that along with his reputation or not, um, especially with some of those deep crossers. I mean, it just it opens up a lot. And I, and I think that there's, a, you know, a lot even that we haven't seen yet when it comes to that uh Traquan Smith is gonna you know is gonna come in and be a guy I mean we you know we know that him and Jameis work together a lot in the offseason um you know so at worst you bring another another person that's familiar with the offense that's a little familiar with the quarterback but just an overall professional like he, he belongs in the league and has made plays for this team before so you have a guy that you know a number one who can beat almost any type of any type of coverage when healthy and Mike an elite guy you have yourself a deep threat you have Traquan, you have kind of a mix of this in Marco and Marquez who can, um, you know, um, you know, he may not be a guy who, you know, who's good going and gets number third cornerbacks consistently. I like his, I like his chances. Right. Um, and then that's on top of the fact that you can split out Evan Kamara and you have him to account for out the back foot. I mean, it just, it opens up everything and a bunch of different options that, you know, the Saints can end up kind of running with teams outside of the fact that when the offensive line gets healthy, James is probably going to be able to be even more dangerous when we're talking about balance and running the football. So, you know, it's not even just even Mike. I mean, it's what the offensive line is going to be able to do when it comes back healthy, what Nick Vanette can do as a blocker and possibly as a receiver. We even saw Adam Trotman make plays, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, you know, you know, that's probably good for his confidence going forward. And maybe he becomes a bigger part of um of what this team wants to do we don't you know we don't know um and for a team to have so many question marks and us still not knowing them having these type of talent that, that, that are going to be able to return man um you know 12 touchdowns three you know three interceptions i mean Jameis has done the best that he could um i mean we should we should be talking more in regards to uh you know from an optim from an optimism standpoint than i think we even are now Oh, yeah, that's what I was going to say is Patrick Mahomes is sitting here with six interceptions on the season, and Jameis Winston's tied for third in the NFL touchdowns, and he's got a 12-3 to three touchdown ratio. Who expected that? Who? Did you guys see the picture? It was like Josh Allen. Uh, it was a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles thing. With, is it it's Splinter? They're the rat? Or it's rat? That's like they're, they're kind of like their sensei guy. And it's him, like, being bigger, and it's Patrick Mahomes' jersey on him. It's him being bigger than the rest of the guys, like, Josh Allen, uh, Lamar Jackson's on there. It's like kind of those, that, that generational era, that draft class. And then in the bottom, it literally says 2020. The bottom is him as an old man with the Ninja Turtles bigger than him. It's 2021. <laughs> Just the most ridiculous. Like, 
I know that his demise is going to be greatly exaggerated. Like it's Patty Mahomes. Like we've seen this dude do stuff that shouldn't even be done in an XFL field and it's paid off. But like, it's just funny. It's weird to see Mm -hmm. him struggle. Like he literally, they literally said, we're not going to have a defense so we can have this stupid good offense. That's decent for you. Yeah. The absolute best player on their team sucks up. It's just like, well, all right. They haven't drafted well either. You know, I mm-hmm. think that's a, that's a big aspect of it. They haven't drafted well. And, you know, Mahomes, ironically, is going through something that, uh, you know, as Saints fans, you know, we've seen happen under Spagnola, but, you know, but under under Rob Ryan and other coaches as well, which, you know, when your defense isn't isn't really good, it's it puts too much pressure. No matter how elite the quarterback is, it puts too much pressure. Like, we've never – We've never had to see Tom Brady play with a play with a defense that is is, is mm-hmm. as bad as Kansas City's is or New Orleans New Orleans is in the past. Same with Peyton Manning. Like, you know, Drew Brees is one of the first quarterbacks with his talent, with the team that could be good, then couldn't be good, you know, eventually won a Super Bowl. They had to play with so many bad defenses, you know. Um, and Patrick Mahomes unfortunately has to see what that's about. You start forcing things that is, you know, you know, that's not there. Um, teams teams are, are are capitalizing on them, and it's just it's just it's too much pressure for any quarterback, man, to have to deal with week in and week out, especially when you're playing against good football teams. Um, I'm just happy that you know you know for Jameis and for this team that this defense isn't good, you know, it isn't going through that. They don't have to worry about that anymore, you know, uh, because I mean, man, watching those Chiefs just just reminds me of some of those you know mid 2000s you know Drew Brees teams that went eight and eight, seven and nine because their defense couldn't stop anything. Well, shout out Jeff Ireland because they've brought in some amazing draft classes. And that's, that's what we're going to talk about is uh, Paulson Debo played great, their third-round pick. Uh, Peyton Turner was pretty good. Uh, but Pete Warner was absolutely phenomenal. Had 13 tackles, career high, obviously. And I, if you go back and watch this game and just watch Pete Warner, he did so much more than had, just have 13 tackles. He was on some really important coverage snaps. Um, but the rookie I really want to talk about who should be in the MVP conversation is Blake Gillikin. What a find for Jeff Ireland and that front officer find this punter who now has the NFL record for most punts inside the three. Um, he has the longest three punts, which were average 53 yards and he had three punts inside the three yard line. That's never been done before. And it, it's not even close. So, I mean, I just, I just saw a quote on my phone and I'm glad I saw it because I would have totally forgotten. Taylor Heineke said, uh, Gillikin kicked the, kicked the shit out of the ball. And he did. I mean, he really honestly had a huge implications on this football game. I mean, penners, punters, I mean, yeah, they can flip field position, but he really changed the game. It, it, I mean, it's phenomenal. It's one of the best punter performances I've ever seen. And hopefully he's on the Pat McAfee show talking about how good Blake Gillikin was. There was a there was a game and I and I was too lazy to look it up. Thomas Morris that had a similar game like this a few years ago and it was on the road to where he had multiple punts that pinned the opposing team inside the five, like the weird looking spin, you know, backspin, side spin punts that I have no idea. I don't understand enough about science or football to know <laughs> how you can kick the ball and purposely make it do that. Like I I don't like even like, no, 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 but seriously, like, like, even if you know how to perfectly aim the ball, I know you can, you can, there's a way to kick it in certain areas to make it backspin, but how the fuck do you make it sidespin? 
on top of being accurate and showing it, it's it, it's the weirdest thing that I would actually listen to a podcast about because I don't understand it. But 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 Thomas Morstead had a had a similar game. But even even that game, I don't remember him being, you know, I don't remember him having three punts like that to where I guess what was most impressive about Blake's game is that if I'm correct, all three punts landed in different parts of the damn field within mm-hmm. the five yard line, right? Mm-hmm. One goes to the right, to the right sideline and goes out of bounds. The other one goes to the left sideline. And the other one is in the center and in the uh, center and bounces back. And the gunner, I don't remember who it was, ends up down, catching it and down and, you know, inside the one. I mean, that, that, that's like incredible. Like, I, I don't, I, again, I don't, I don't watch enough about, you know, for punters to, <laughs> <laughs> to be able to tell you through, throughout the league who's doing this or who's done this before. But at least in my history, while I've seen Thomas Morse have a bunch of great games, and again, I can't remember the one that I'm thinking about in which he was extreme. You know, he, he had a similar performance. I can't think of one that had so much variety in his greatness. I mean, but I, it, that literally probably is an all-time game, and it was important. Sean was – even Alvin said, I've never heard him talk about a punter like that. He said mm-hmm. outstanding four times in a row. <laughs> I know you've been putting like that on Madden. <laughs> no, man. That shit is hard. <laughs> the, I, honestly, what is ESPN doing right now? Like, what are we running that we can't have sports science back? You know what I mean? Like, you guys remember that show? Like, mm-hmm. I need to know. Because, it, honestly, it's gravity-defying in my opinion. Like, it just – you'll watch the ball. You're like, all right, this this might bounce out. Like, in Madden, I know how to do it because there's mm-hmm. only, like, three ways the ball bounces because it's 2021 we don't we don't have that kind of science i guess to replicate that but it's just like uh, blake gilligan is a is an airbender i think that's the only way i'm just gonna leave it at that he's he's football style bender we're gonna leave it there (laughs) to end this podcast i'm going to read off the players that should be back next week and we will leave you guys with that uh hopefully a gigantic smile the league's best wide receiver michael thomas should be back nick vanette uh, should be back. Quan Alexander should be back. Ken Crawley will be back. Will Lutz, we could see coming back. Gigantic. Traquan Smith will be back. Hopefully, Taysom and Deontay are healthy. Marcus Davenport will be back. Eric McCoy could be back. Tron Armstead could be back. That is a Pro Bowl, Super Bowl lineup that you're bringing back. And um, this is a bye week. You won't hear from us for a little bit, but just keep that information and um, we'll be staying strong here. So we appreciate you guys tuning in for today's episode. The Saints are three and two heading into the bye week, missing 40% of their starters. Um, we're healthy. You're healthy. Uh, let's let's all get a little mentally healthy this week, but appreciate you guys' support. Who that? Hey. Who that? 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 Who that?